0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the programme. This is Squawk Box, and these are your headlines. Apple makes a shock warning that it won't meet quarterly revenue guidance due to the coronavirus disrupting iPhone supplies and weaker demand, sending shares across Asia sharply lower. HSBC's full-year pre-tax profit misses expectations as the lender launches a huge overhaul to cut costs and warns the virus outbreak may impact performance in 2020.
1: Strong iron ore prices help lift half year profit at BHP, but the miners still posts a slight miss as CEO Mike Henry tells CNBC the coronavirus impact has been limited.
2: The coronavirus will present some uncertainty. So far, the impact on our markets has been muted.
1: Italy's Intesa San Paolo launches a nearly 5 billion euro bid for UBI Banca, getting the ball rolling on consolidation in Italy's banking sector in a deal that would create the Eurozone's seventh largest bank.
0: Facebook must adapt to the EU, not the other way round. Europe's industry commissioner hits out at Mark Zuckerberg as the CEO makes the rounds in Brussels ahead of a key policy release. Catch our exclusive interview with European Commission Executive Vice President Margrethe Vestager. That's 9.15 CET.
1: Well, a very warm welcome to Squawk Box this morning. Let's get into our biggest uh, corporate story that is very, very much linked to the macro story and coronavirus this morning, and that is Apple, who has warned it does not expect to meet its quarterly revenue guidance due to the coronavirus. The outbreak has disrupted its Chinese supply chains, manufacturing facilities, and retail outlets. The world's most valuable company said that while production had resumed, the supply of iPhones will be temporarily limited worldwide. Apple had forecast revenue, record revenues of up to $67 billion in the current quarter. So very much impacting trade in the overnight session and will no doubt continue to impact trade as the day progresses. Uh, progresses, And on that note, let's take a look at Asian markets and where things stand right now. Uh, as you can see, red across the board here, the Shanghai Composite down about 0.17 percent after a very strong day yesterday. Markets had been supported by those measures by the PBOC to support the economy, the cuts that they made to medium-term loan rates. The hangs sang over in Hong Kong, down about 1.3%. And then in Japan, the Nikkei 225 down 1.4%. Of course, yesterday, the Japanese market's under pressure already from Japanese GDP numbers. Now this morning, we can see Asian markets across the board reacting uh, to this news from Apple. So on that note, let's take a look at Apple's key suppliers in Asia. As you can see, the real underperformance coming through in the Asia session is trackable back to these Apple suppliers. So the warning from Apple uh, weighing on the outlook for these. So you can see losses uh, more than 3%, more than 5% in some cases. So major share price reaction among these Asian Apple suppliers. Let's get out to Emily Tan, who joins us now from Hong Kong. Emily, just a few weeks ago, we heard from Apple. They gave their guidance, uh, and they said they had taken into account the uncertainty from coronavirus. Now, fast forward to today, and they're warning they're not going to be able to hit their guidance. So Is the situation much worse than even Apple had expected?
3: Well, you know what? uh, The guidance that they gave earlier uh, was uh, the fact that they didn't know that this... uh holiday. The Lunar New Year break would be pushed out by an extra week due to the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, So at no fault of theirs, when they gave guidance on January the 28th, they said it reflected the best available information at that time. And that's true. Uh, The uh, Lunar New Year holiday was extended out till February the 10th and then work resumed around the country to the best of the ability of all these factories. And uh, having said that, they are still in the process of trying to get those factories back online. They are not at 100 percent capacity as yet. Uh, so as a result of all this, Apple saying that they do not expect to be able to meet revenue guidance for the March quarter. And uh, there are two factors playing into this. Worldwide iPhone supply temporarily constrained. Manufacturing outside of Hubei, yes. Uh, but uh, the fact that they're ramping up a lot slower than they had expected. So iPhones, uh, there will be a supply shortage, and that will be affecting revenues. Not to mention number two, the demand for the products in China also being affected. All of their China stores, the Apple stores, are closed. Uh, they're partners, some of them are open, but then also at reduced hours. Uh, for example, here in Hong Kong, the Apple Store operating in IFC in Central Business District. I was there on the weekend on Saturday having dinner. 7 30 p.m. the stores in the mall they are closing up their gates so what that means is uh, it's not available to buy the products even if you want to go in there lower consumer traffic Apple on their part saying that they are fundamentally strong but this disruption to their business is only temporary uh, they did not provide and are not expected to provide any new guidance on the back of the, the latest guidance that was provided on January the 28th to update those numbers uh, so the stocks that you're seeing on the board just there, uh notable loss Losses in the Hong Kong market, Sunny Optical, as well as AAC Tech shares, uh, with losses in excess of three and four percent, on the back of this latest warning uh, from the first American company on the back of the coronavirus outbreak, which has spread around to numerous countries now. Uh, the latest updates, of course, that uh, we heard from this morning in the the, uh, na- the health National Health Commission, uh, the, the latest tallies of over 1,800 deaths globally, five countries outside of China now report
0: fatalities. Terrific. Thanks very much indeed, Emily, for that. We will uh, get back to you very shortly. Let's move on and pick up on a number of the other stories. Chinese authorities believe coronavirus prevention measures are beginning to take effect. They say the number of new infections fell below 2,000. For the first time since January, although global experts warn that it is still too early to say the outbreak is now contained. The death toll according to the National Health Commission is 1,868. Total confirmed infections are above 72,000. 14 Americans who were evacuated from a quarantine cruise ship have tested positive for the virus and have been flown home alongside more than 300 of their compatriots. The US State Department says they were moved to a specialised containment area on the evacuation aircraft and will remain under quarantine for another 14 days. In China, meanwhile, government companies are getting back to work. The country's state asset regulator said 95% of government operations are up and running as of this week. More than 80% of the 20,000 state-owned companies' manufacturing subsidiaries have also restarted their operations. HSBC has unveiled sweeping overhaul plans after it reported a 33% drop in full-year pre-tax profit, which missed earnings estimates. HSBC's interim CEO, Noel Quinn, said the bank will boost returns by cutting some $100 billion in assets, while also combining its retail and wealth management businesses. The bank anticipates 35,000 job cuts over the next three years, HSBC also warned the coronavirus outbreak could lead to revenue and credit losses this quarter. Emily joins us once again from Hong Kong. Um, Emily, John Flint basically got the boot because he wasn't moving quickly enough with the restructuring programme. Clearly, uh, Mark Tucker became frustrated by that. The chairman, though, won't be too impressed with the uh, earnings as delivered this time round. What can you tell us about the strategy that they're now unveiling, Emily, to try and turn these numbers around?
3: Well, there's been a big overhaul that's been announced, Jeff, alongside the latest 2019 report card. Uh, but the first thing that is is a, a big question mark is the the reason why, or why hasn't HSBC confirmed uh, the individual that penned this big overhaul to begin with? Uh, Noel Quinn, he's been uh, the interim chief executive since the ouster back in August of John F- Flint, and uh, that's been more than six months now. Uh, they say that they, that uh, timeline is still in place uh, in order to make it. They want to. To basically make an appointment within 6 to 12 months as initially outlined. Uh, they still have yet to announce a permanent replacement or a group chief executive. Uh, so that was the, uh, the first thing that was being noticed by everybody that's uh, reading through the latest results alongside the major overhaul. This is the biggest overhaul being announced by HSBC in a number of years. Uh, this as a... 2019 profits are being impacted by the $7.3 billion in goodwill impairment. So pre-tax profit for 2019, $13.3 billion, and that is a decline of almost uh, more than 30% on year on the back of this goodwill impairment charge. Also, not to mention, there's a cost reduction plan of $4.5 billion. Alongside the uh, the results this morning, we heard that the share buybacks will be suspended uh, for this year and next year, given the high level of restructuring expected to be over- undertaken, and they intend to return to re-neutralizing the script dividend issuance from 2022 onwards. So as I mentioned, the group chief executive, the process for appointing a permanent one is ongoing, they say, and they expect to make an appointment within 6 to 12 Months as initially outlined. I just want to break down the numbers for you uh, by global business. In terms of adjusted profit before tax, uh, it was notable that uh, retail banking and wealth management is the biggest part of that, more than $8 billion earned. Uh, but we saw declines in commercial banking as well as global banking and markets. In terms of geography, it was Europe that was really hurting. It was in the red, a negative $4.6 billion deficit. That was a decline of 470% on year. Asia continues to be the biggest contributor here, $18.4 billion in profits earned. That's up 7%. Um, The Middle East and North Africa, an increase of almost 50% to $2.3 billion. Uh, So as the company looks to reshape its business, uh, it's looking to uh, cut it's European as well as US investment bank by bolstering investment banking business in Asia as well as the Middle East. I uh, just want to read you through uh, some of the outlook in the the, co- the in the company's statement by uh, the group chairman Mark Tucker. Uh, he says that in the global economy, uh, the banking it the banking Business HSBC is closely associated with mainland China, Hong Kong, and the UK. Each of these, he says, continues to face major challenges. They're going to be continuing to monitor the coronavirus outbreak very closely. Social unrest here in Hong Kong is one thing they brought up as well, saying it's caused a local economy disruption. Uh, As a result of the impact of the coronavirus outbreak, they have lowered their expectations for growth in the Asian economy in 2020. They say the main impact will be in the first quarter but they expect some improvement as the virus continues to be contained. As far as the ongoing trade deal between China and the United States, they say that is a positive step, but they are cautious about the prospects of a wider-ranging agreement given the disagreements that still exist. And they expect growth in the U.S. to be resilient, but slower than in 2019. So that all coming through from HSBC as they announce the biggest overhaul in years – 35,000 job cuts to be included, $4.5 billion in cost cuts. And then again, Noel Quinn, that presented this uh, major overhaul. He has not been confirmed as the company's group chief executive, only continuing to stand as the interim CE for the time being. HSBC shares in Hong Kong taking a hit today. uh, In resumed trade for the afternoon session, down now more than 2%, last traded at $58.10. We can expect that they're not going to be going out for any share buy buybacks for the next two years and that also weighing on the stock today
0: jeff emily terrific coverage thank you very much indeed for that well let's bring in uh, john cronin financials analyst at good body to talk some more about hsbc john a good morning to you as much as management might want to point to coronavirus and the ongoing government protests that we've seen in hong kong it's barely credible, is it, to use that to explain the five and a half billion dollar loss that they've written up for the fourth quarter?
2: Fair, but and you, in terms of looking at the components of that loss, print um, goodwill impairment in global banking and markets forms a significant component of that. And look, that is predicated on on a reshaping of that business. Um, together with that, there was a further significant impairment of 2.5 billion in the commercial bank. Which simply reflects long-term economic growth assumptions in Europe. In fact, so the the, the, the reasons for that loss, I think, are are, are are more specific in relation to global banking or markets and the commercial bank. What I would point to actually is, in overall terms, they have delivered a, a slight revenue beat this morning for the fourth quarter. Um, costs were two percent off, which largely offset against that revenue beat. But in terms of the underlying numbers, with the the apart from the surprise in the goodwill impairment line, um, the, the, the numbers were pretty strong for the fourth quarter. And I think, look, uh, as your your previous reporter pointed out, look, there are some challenges ahead in terms of the revenue environment. Um, uh,
0: sure. John, so let's try and put our finger on uh, what exactly has gone wrong here. Obviously, they've pointed to markets where they feel they now need to pivot away from, and this talk of uh, reducing risk-weighted assets by a $100 billion, uh, particularly as they focus uh, on perhaps uh, reducing their exposure in Europe. Does it suggest that the management has been asleep at the wheel a little over recent years and hasn't acknowledged the shift in opportunity that's taken place in the global banking market?
2: I think, but admittedly, you know, there would be a recognition at the HSBC level that it has been a little slow to to, to readjust, and I think, and there has been a significant refocus, clearly in recent. Months, um, I think the, the the plan in terms of capital reallocation um, is a sensible one. I think the the reorientation of capital towards the Asian market should be constructive in a long term context for the, the higher ROT, for the higher returns ambitions. Um, and I think look at the emphasis, which has been well signposted coming into today's update, uh, the emphasis of the global banking and markets division. Um, was 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 on the agenda for some time, but certainly should again be be helpful in terms of reshaping the returns profile of the business. But yeah, yeah, I would agree with your your first comment that you know it has been, it has been slow, and this change was needed. And and, and no, Quinn is clearly um, getting on with business. In fact, we've actually seen some early delivery with 22 billion dollars of or risk weighted assets reduction in the global banking and markets division in the fourth quarter, which drove a, a, a better. Uh, capital of print on the market had expected for year-end.
1: John, it feels like the elephant in the room when we think about this strategy overhaul is the fact that they haven't come out and confirmed the permanent CEO. So how much credibility is there actually in a plan that's been designed by one interim CEO or under his leadership, but isn't necessarily going to be implemented by him?
2: Um, I, I think that appointment is likely to come pretty soon. I think it's. I think the market would be stunned at this juncture if if Quinn weren't appointed to oversee this. It's a very detailed plan. Um, he's been with the company for a long time and knows where the the cost savings are to be made across the business. It would be very hard for someone else to come in and, you know, inherit this or or, or recalibrate it, and I think it would lead to a a loss of confidence. Um, It is somewhat surprising that he hasn't been appointed at this stage, and perhaps there was a... I mean, with respect to these decisions, there's quite a lot of change envisaged here, and I think, look and um, it's hard to believe that you know there weren't contentious points at board level one potential um potential uh, explanation underpinning why he hasn't been elected is 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 that the board wanted to see the market reaction to this plan and i think that like, there's been a very slight set off in the, in the stock price this morning for a few different specific reasons but i think in overall terms that you know there hasn't been a an aggressive sell-off. So I think this—that's this, 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 the market validating the plan, effectively.
0: Yeah, uh, which leads to the question, John: What is this bank actually worth now? As we look at the current, some of the parts valuation, uh, what recommendation, if any, are you making to your customers?
2: So uh, I think, in terms of valuations, looking at say uh, consensus numbers, they're you know, likely to be readjusted significantly following this update. I think. The bank is trading us uh, on a one year forward basis, a slight premium to book value based on the ROTU trajectory of 10 to 12%. That wouldn't seem unreasonable.
0: Good to have you on the program. Thanks very much for your quick reaction to the earnings we've seen this morning. Uh, Still to come on the program, adapt to our rules. That's the warning Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg got after meeting with EU officials in Brussels. This, as the uh, Facebook boss, tries to steer regulators towards rules based on his own interpretation of what would be best for him and for us.
1: And if you just can't get enough of Squawkbox, be sure to tune in to our very own podcast Head to CNBC.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to have a listen and download today's episode. And for our listeners, stick around for more. Let's take a look at European opening calls. We are in for a slight pullback at the open today after a positive session yesterday for the Stock 600. That Apple warning no doubt making its way through investors' minds this morning. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back, everybody. The U.S. ambassador to Germany has tweeted that President Trump, quote, made it clear to him that any nation who chooses a so called untrustworthy 5G vendor could jeopardize intelligence sharing deals. China's Foreign Affairs Ministry responded to the apparent slight to Huawei, accusing the U.S. of hypocrisy, citing claims the U.S. tapped German Chancellor Angela Merkel's phone back in 2013. Uh, the U.S. Commerce Department is considering drafting legislation that would require a license for global chipmaking companies to use U.S. equipment to manufacture chips. That, according to the Wall Street Journal, that move marks an apparent attempt to cut China off from access to U.S. semiconductors, one of China's largest imports from the U.S.,
1: Facebook needs to adapt to the EU, not the other way around. That's the warning from EU Industry Commissioner Thierry Breton, who met Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg in Brussels. The EU Commission's Margareta Vestiger and Vera Jourova also met with Zuckerberg ahead of the release of a white paper on Wednesday, which will outline the bloc's artificial intelligence policy. Sylvia now joins us in Brussels with more. Sylvia, what does this all mean in terms of the relationship? relationship between EU, the EU and Facebook and the other tech giants moving forward? Is this a sign of the kinds of tensions that are to come? absolutely, further tension and perhaps further regulation as well. So if you look at what happened yesterday, Mark Zuckerberg met three of the EU's top officials, and this on the same day that Facebook released a document outlining the company's vision for further regulation. But the proposals that Facebook, and these included, for example, an international approach to tech regulation rather than different national approaches. uh, Another proposal also included the fact that online content should not be uh, regulated by the platforms themselves themselves that this would actually restrict free speech and so some of these ideas were not well received by European policymakers. you mentioned very over there she was one of the
2: commissioners that met
0: uh, well we seem to have a problem with Sylvia there we've um, obviously got a frozen camera we'll we'll see if we can get back to Sylvia very shortly um I think this is uh, a fascinating story. I I think it's um, interesting that Mark Zuckerberg is trying to get ahead of the regulation at this point. But clearly, the EU has its own views as to uh, whether it's prepared to treat um, Facebook and other internet companies as something less than publishers. And of course, that's where this whole issue revolves. Is Facebook responsible for the content that appears on its platform or is it, as Mark Zuckerberg Mm. seems to be arguing here, a bit like a telephone company? Mm. We just provide the platform, but we can't control what's being said across our lines. And I'm not sure at this point that the commissioners are in much of a mood Mm. to let that angle wash
1: I think Vestager's comments earlier this week or over the weekend were interesting around the fact that Europe isn't necessarily going to produce its own Facebook, but what Europe does have in terms of competing on the tech landscape is data. They have industrial giants in multiple sectors, and Europe can leverage that data and use it more intelligently, perhaps, than the U.S. or China. So it's just interesting when you think about the tech landscape and the future role that Europe could play in it, that their role could be very different. Different from the likes of U.S. and China, but still a very, a very good, a very good strong
0: role. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to CNBC.com
2: or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick, and Karen Show weekdays on CNBC.